Greetings. Welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is your host, Deirdre Simmons. Thank you for joining us this evening. Marriage is one of the most sacred institutions there is. But what happens when that sanctity is broken? Well, tonight on Sipping Tea with D, along with my guest, author, pastor, Dr. Kimberly Manley, we will discuss in a raw, uncut conversation on the other side of marriage. You know, the part that many don't like to speak of, infidelity. Dr. Manley will share her insight on the signs of breakdown in a marriage, her personal experience, as well as providing guidance on how to strengthen and rebuild your union. So, move in close, grab your tea, and take a listen, because you certainly don't want to miss this. So when I was a young girl, there was this nursery rhyme that went, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes D in a baby carriage. Uh, Oftentimes when I heard this, this particular nursery rhyme, I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't really understand it. And as I became older and, you know, I started to plan my life and I looked at becoming married Um, we always think of the pomp and circumstance of marriage. Uh, We don't necessarily think of, you know, we think of the wedding and what gown we're going to wear and things things like that. And oftentimes I associate that with, you know, us as young girls seeing things such as Cinderella and Snow White. We think of the fairy tale portion. But marriage, quite frankly, is just work. Um, yes, you are in love. Yes, uh, you found the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. But in essence, it is work. And it's oftentimes work that we don't consider and that we don't look at. So today here on Sippin' Tea with D, I wanted to get into a discussion of not just about marriage itself, but some of the pitfalls of marriage. And one of those pitfalls, unfortunately, is infidelity. Oftentimes, this is a taboo topic. You know, people don't want to discuss. You know, it's a very sensitive topic. Uh, It involves a very high level of healing uh, and vulnerability. But today, uh, my guest, Dr. Kimberly Manley, uh, is here to discuss this very topic with us. Um, you know, how do we overcome or face uh, these pitfalls of infidelity? Um, and what is it that we can do? Dr. Manley is a, a wife, a mother. She's a mental health therapist, a coach, uh, a life strategist, a pastor, an entrepreneur, a mentor, and she is also the author of Delilah's Bed, uh, The Six Secrets to a Man's Heart. Uh, So, Dr. Manley, I want to welcome you to Sippin' Tea with D. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of Sippin' Tea with D tonight. I'm I'm certainly uh, excited to be with you tonight. Oh, wonderful. You're absolutely welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, You and I, uh, we actually met uh, in a clubhouse room and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wanted to approach this topic and I heard you speak on this topic and I was uh, in awe with uh, your candor and your transparency and the clarity in which you spoke on this topic. So I definitely wanted to share that with my listeners because I think that this is a topic that as I said earlier that, you know, we often, we need to approach, but we often are uh, apprehensive about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we get into it and we unpack things, I have to ask you that infamous question, Dr. Manley, that I ask all of my guests. 
Uh, I'm sitting here sipping on some ginger lemon tea, but what tea are you drinking this evening? I am drinking my chai latte tea tonight. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Now that's a flavor I haven't tried. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Dr. Manley, I'm just going to get right into it. I, I talked about you being a therapist and a mother, a pastor, a mentor. Uh, you wear all of these many hats, but um, you're, you're, you are certainly, um, you're also the author of, of a book in which you address, uh, you know, the six secrets to a uh, to a man's heart. And before we get into that, uh, mm -hmm. because you know, often as women, we think that you know, as naturally as nurturers, that you know, we already know these. We know these things. You know, we know how to cater to others and nurture others and grow and develop. But um, when we talk about when we start talking about marriage, um, why is it that you think that? people don't necessarily discuss the other side of marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting that you would ask that question. Um, it is something that um, we, uh, as you stated earlier, when we're preparing for marriage, we prepare for the good side of marriage. We prepare for the blissful days. We prepare for those days that are um, the knight in shining armor type of days. Um, but we don't often look at the part of after the I do, what happens after I say I do, um, because it is two lives that have made a commitment and a covenant, covenant um, before God to come together to be one. They're not one at the altar, they're becoming one. And so the struggle of becoming one after the I do is where oftentimes um, there can be breakdowns because there's communication breakdowns. Um, there can be breakdowns in just how we were we were raised in different homes and different ways of doing things, yes. um, breakdowns in just a number of different places. And so this creates um, that idea that there are some things that don't look um, pretty in the marriage, but we don't want to talk about those because those are not the things that are attractive or attracting to want to be married if you know those things are going to be present. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's interesting that you say that. And, you know, one of the things like, you know, when we when we look at that uh, fairy tale or, uh, you know, when we start planning, I mean, I know as a young girl, I, I you know, I would watch, uh, you know, things like I said, Cinderella and, and you see Snow mm -hmm. White and, you know, then they're saved by this knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that for girls, sometimes those are often um, our first impressions, so to speak, mm -hmm. of what love looks like or what marriage uh, entails. Mm -hmm. You know, but we don't often think about those things that what could happen on the other mm -hmm. side of that. What is the mm -hmm. main reason do you think uh, is for infidelity? Well, you know, infidelity, and I think a lot of times, um, and I had to learn this, but I think a lot of times we feel that infidelity is about the committing of the sexual act. Yes. Um, but oftentimes it's not about that at all. Uh, sometimes it's about an unmet need that's unexpressed. Mm -hmm. um, it could be from, and that doesn't have to be sexual. It could just be a need of having uh, communication or open communication or the need to be heard. Um, I think for uh, um, sometimes it can be um, that there is an area um, that hasn't been dealt with by the individual previous to getting married that may be a wounded area yes. um, that could have been an area that was exposed to some things previous to um, marriage in their childhood. Oftentimes, if you have a, a person that grows up in a family um, where they've seen cheaters um, there's a tendency to become a cheater mm -hmm. um, just because of what we've seen, the behaviors that we've patterned ourselves after. Um, and so there could be a number of factors that are kind of there. Um, I know for most men that I have encountered who've talked about um, their reasons for doing it, it wasn't a, a lack of love for their spouse. It okay. was just an area that they felt um, they needed something from 
their spouse that they could not get or they weren't getting and didn't know how to verbalize it in the way that it was understandable for the, the, that person to uh, begin to do those things. Uh, even in my own marriage, um, one of the things my husband said to me in our situation uh, was it wasn't that I, I didn't love you and it wasn't that I didn't, you know, want, uh, I didn't want our marriage. It was that she met a need uh, in an area that I didn't know was really a, a major area of a breakdown for me. It was an insecurity. He didn't really realize was yeah. even present until she started feeding it. And wow. so oftentimes we run into this, this idea of people feed spaces that we don't even really know are really there. Mm-hmm. And so you have to assess the level of hunger that a person has in the relationship and where are they in all aspects of this relationship that I'm in with them. And so I think that's one of the most important things of just realizing just what's going on and unmet needs are one of those main things that uh, get, get uh, drive out this infidelity or the idea of, of, of committing that outside of the relationship. It's interesting that you say that because uh, when we think of infidelity, uh, oftentimes we do feel like uh, when you're the person who has been uh, cheated on or, you know, or when you find out about these things, you feel as if you have done something wrong. Uh-huh. Um, you did not meet a need or you you sort of suddenly internalize um, you know I know for me when I experienced this uh in my own marriage that that was a thought that I immediately had well what is it that mm-hmm. I am not doing what mm-hmm. is it that um in what way am I not approaching mm-hmm. uh you know my spouse that is not fulfilling enough um mm-hmm. and you know I like the fact that you mentioned that when you talk to uh, men about this issue, that many of them said that there was a need that they had that this person met. And in mm-hmm. some cases, they may not even been aware that they had that need mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the insecurity. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it, it, you know, Matt, Matt, when your spouse or relationships are oftentimes a mirror image of, of who you are. Right. Um, and I think that's why it is so easy to take that particular, uh, to take this and then internalize it and feel like that you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, you may, you, you have, you know, you know, sometimes as women, we carry the brunt of so much. Right. You right. know, in terms of our careers mm-hmm. and, you know, being uh, nurturers to our children and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, keeping a, a nice home, you know, we have so much on us and that we often don't feel or think about, um, you know, we don't real, we, we just immediately feel like I have done something wrong here. Yeah. There is something yeah. that I haven't done. And I think yeah. it's easy to kind of think that, um, yeah. that it's a physical that yeah. it's more of a physical need. Yeah. I almost think, I almost feel like even in my own situation, I, I wanted, I think that feeling like it's a physical need is almost easier to digest. Uh-huh. Don't you think? Absolutely. It is, it is. And you know, I'm going to uh, circle back to what you just said a few moments ago. Uh-huh. It is very easy for us to take the blame. Yes. Because it does feel like it's a direct attack a, uh, upon our inability to satisfy, mm, right? Yeah. That's where we come from. Because as women and as wives, we marry with the mindset, I'm marrying to be his wife and to meet his satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we feel like you cheated, that's what we directly take it in that way. I remember going through that myself. The part of my marriage that was very interesting is that I was pregnant. We've been married for 10 years. I was expecting our first child. Mm -hmm. So not only did I have the emotion of all the things that go with being pregnant, but now I'm faced with the emotion of the self-rejection I already was dealing with because I was a small, I'm a a small lady. Mm. I've always been a petite lady. I'm never going to be any larger than I am. I'm 52, 53 years old. I'm never going to be any larger than I am. (laughs) Um, Today I'm in a a better place where I'm like, Lord, I'm glad about it. I've had two children. I'm good with being this size. I'm appreciating now. I wasn't at the time, but at that time it was a big deal for me because 
I dealt with it all of my life. And so when he cheats, I'm thinking, well, see, I told you, I didn't have this. I didn't have large enough this. I didn't have big enough this. I, I, then I really started to, to, to really tr- internalize a lot of it in me. And what I had to discover from asking questions and talking with my husband, right? Mm-hmm. That's a part of my book. You know, I talk about where Delilah asked the right questions. When I started asking him questions yes. about what it was, what did she do? What did she say? What was it about her? What turned your attention to her? What drew you out to that? You know, and then he started saying to me, Kim, it wasn't like she did this amazing thing. I realized I have some insecurities about my own self. I didn't feel like I was good enough for you. Mm. I felt like I was insufficient for you. I felt like because I was building, my career was growing. I've Mm -hmm. got my master's. I'm working on my doctorate. You know, all these things were going on and he wasn't pursuing things in that area. He began to say, it really wasn't you. It was me. And I couldn't tell you that. I didn't know how to tell you that without feeling like I was less than a man. Did he, do you think that he felt left out? I believe he felt left out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes as women and let's just be honest, all of our sisters that are on the listening, uh, it is sometimes as as we're building our careers and we are very strong women, you know, black women are strong uh, and we don't have any bones about, you know, getting a goal, getting something that we want to do and going for it. Don't look back, you know, because we're taught and raised to take care of things. You know, as little girls, we are raised to be moms and to be leaders and to be, you know, hold your own and get you, make your own money. You know, we're raised in that capacity. And sometimes, um, depending upon the type of man that you marry, he feels he can accept that, Mm -hmm. but maybe not be able to embrace it to the fullest that Mm -hmm. his leadership can handle and carry who you really are. Wow. And I think sometimes men um, have to assess that before they ask you to take their hand, that they can really embrace and carry who you are and it not take away who they are. And so, yeah, I believe there's a lot of parts of my husband that was intimidated mm-hmm. and that might have been a bit of um, feeling left out because I was so driven. And, and, and to be honest with you, I traveled. Uh, I worked in a job at that particular time. Okay. Where I was a recruiter. And okay. so I traveled um, recruiting for colleges. I worked for North Carolina a t State University at the time. And so I would come in on a Friday, mm-hmm. all right, and pack and, and wash clothes and get ready to go back out on the road on a Sunday. And I was gone from Sunday to a Friday. Think so about that. On top of you, on top of you, you know, building and growing in your career, then you're gone. So mm-hmm. you're not meeting his needs or you're mm-hmm. not able to engage uh, mm-hmm. at that point because you're always working, you're always growing and he's watching that and he's mm-hmm. seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so we were only about five years in marriage and, you know, I'm thinking, well, he's a man, he's good, you know, cause I'm asking, how are you? You doing okay? You good? I'm good. I'm good because yeah. he stayed in the gym. He lived in the gym. And so I figured well, when I'm at home, he's at the gym. So he must be right. okay. Right. right. So I'm trying to read his signals and I'm, he's reading my signals, but we're both on different pages of how we're reading the signals and the signs that we're giving each other. Mm. And that's where I believe breakdown happened for us. Because well, there's signs that going you brought out. up that you said that there are signals and signs. Like mm-hmm. what what would be some of the signs that uh, you know that there may be uh, infidelity or cheating going on? Okay, so number one, I often say that when a man stops talking, okay, okay, oftentimes uh, when he's not talking, it's not a sign of him being okay with everything. It could be a sign that he is in dis, he's in a disarray or he's in a place of un, unacceptance of something, but yeah. just doesn't feel the ability to speak it. Yeah. Right. Uh, sometimes there's a sign of uh, just coldness. Um, he's, he's, he's distant. You can feel the distance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are signs. Um, if he is coming home uh, less and less at a certain time 
kind of dragging in when he comes in. He's not as engaging and he's not con uh, connecting with you. Um, that's a sign. Uh, if there's a sign, he gets in the bed, he's, he's usually uh, touchy-feely, but he's kind of slacked off. He's not quite that way anymore, but he's still, but you're just kind of figuring out well, something's different. Mm -hmm. Those are signs. Uh, men leave off, the, but, but here's the thing. Men are very simple yes. in the signs that they give off. Mm-hmm. Women, we're a little more complex Yes, with yeah. our signs, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're a little more complex with our signs, but they're simple. With, it's not a lot of signs, but the signs are there. And many times as women, we recognize them. We just don't pay attention enough to stop and ask proper questions, right? So mm -hmm. we start to make an assumption. You, you are right, right? He's uh -huh. not going to answer you are right, right? Because you just told him he was right. Exactly. Right. You, you can't um, make assumptive questions and live in assumptive space of saying things that you putting words in his mouth because he's not going to answer that. Why do you think we do that? Do you think it's part of it is we don't really want to know? Absolutely. We're putting it out there. Absolutely. We really don't want to know. Mm -hmm. I talk about that in my book in Delilah's Bed about uh, you can't ask questions. You can't make statements um, when you want to ask a question because yeah. men don't respond to statements. They only respond to questions. And so oftentimes, because we, first of all, we don't know what we want to know and we don't know how to ask it in the right way to get the right response. And then sometimes what we, we think we want to know, we really don't want to know. Right. I had to put on my big girl underwear, if I can say it like that, oh, when I ask him things about what she did, what she said, and I had to take on what he said. I had to hear it and respond in the way that was appropriate for us to move forward. How right? did it make you feel to to hear his you to hear his truth? Woo! It was a pill that was so large it stuck in my throat. Mm. It was hard to swallow. Yeah. Because you think you're doing everything right. And I think you mentioned it as we came on the line. Mm -hmm. We think because we're cooking and we're cleaning yes. and we're keeping a good house yes. and we keep ourselves up and we look a certain way that, boy, we're doing everything they want us to do. We're a good wife. I found out that I might have been a good wife, but I wasn't a well wife. Mm. I wasn't what do you mean well by for that? him. I wasn't well enough in my own self and confident in my own abilities and who I was in terms of just being with him that I recognized those breakdowns in him. Yes. I was building career, but my own wellness inside wasn't picking up the signals enough that he was giving to recognize I need to stop and ask some questions because he's there's something going on here then I can't just can't just think that he's okay because yes. he's moving about and he's functioning right and so oftentimes as wives we're good at doing all these other things right but we're not well at investigating what is really happening in my marriage. We don't study our husbands enough or study the situation enough to get to the real root of what's really going on. And then before you know it, here's another woman who's about to get his heart while I'm simply holding his hand. Mm, I like that. She's holding his heart while you're holding his hand. Mm -hmm. like and you know that. his and you know what his hand basically just is is representative of his strength mm -hmm. his his provision and his authority in your home okay the heart is really where his vulnerability is mm. the heart is where this man tells you who he really is you get a chance to see gosh that happened in his childhood i wonder if that may still be affecting him now oh my gosh his father and his he didn't have a good relationship with his dad i wonder how that's affecting him as a man right. the world is not shaped for black men mm. i wonder how that's really affecting him as Absolutely. a black man and yeah. a black man in my house you follow what i mean yeah and so that's the heart part that's the heart part you right. know oftentimes we expect uh you know when you, you're talking about, you know, their needs and, and things that are going on with them, you know, we expect, just like we have this idea of marriage, we often expect men to know how to be husbands mm -hmm. and assume that they know how to be leaders. And mm -hmm. we assume that because we are in this 
you know, this confine, or I don't want to say confinement, but that we are in this space of marriage, mm -hmm. you know, because marriage, you know, I, I'm a, a church girl, so I mm -hmm. do believe that marriage is a ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, if you don't establish from the very beginning where you are and where he is, you said mm -hmm. something earlier about uh, knowing, um, what is childhood or uh, understanding the dynamics of things that they've seen growing up, like things that we see. Mm -hmm. And even for a man, if no one has ever taught him or showed him or allowed him to have that space of vulnerability, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we, we go sometimes into marriages thinking that they already, that they're going to be able to take care of things and handle things that their past and mm -hmm. I mean, foundation of where they come from may not have prepared them for those things. Exactly. They may exactly. not have any idea. And, and people have this misconception that when a woman is successful in her career or she's mm -hmm. strong, you know, you, when we were talking, when you were talking earlier, I kept thinking about when you talked about our strength and how as black women, we know how to handle things. I call it mm -hmm. that super, uh, the super woman, you know, type mm -hmm. of syndrome where mm -hmm. we can handle everything. Even mm -hmm. in my own marriage, when we were going through counseling, mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, the therapist saying that, you know, you know, that she said to me, well, he's hurting. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm hurt too. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I became defensive. I said, I'm hurt too. Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. said, well, I would, I would not be able to tell that by your demeanor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, and I, I thought about it and I said, well, you know, she said, you seem to be in control. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is part of that strength that you were talking yeah. about earlier that we have, where yeah. we just decide that, you know what, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do this regardless. Um, I can honestly say that when I did find out about, uh, you know, things that were going on, I became more intent about my own goals and mm -hmm. more focused on my own goals mm -hmm. uh, because it was, and I, and I think that it was a part of that defense that you mm -hmm. know this has been taken away and this is an area that I can definitely succeed and achieve in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, because whatever's going on with him, you know, clearly I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not handling that well. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what he's doing. I even, you know, at one point was like, well, that's his problem, not my problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just kept moving forward in what I needed to do career wise and building mm -hmm. myself up and working harder and moving stronger and, and developing myself in that area and see when the outside sees that. They're looking at, oh, wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. She's doing this. They're this way. You know, oh, what a wonderful couple. Not even really knowing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, the underlying of what's going on. But mm -hmm. that piece that a man, allowing a man to be vulnerable right. and, and, and showing him that right. it's okay for him to be vulnerable. Right, right. Right. You said something important. Um, the same way we don't know how really to be wives mm -hmm. when we get married is exact same way that men don't know how to be husbands. Yes. And that's the part that we don't go in marriages knowing and understanding. And I think that's the part that becomes very disappointing because you're supposed to be able to do this. You're supposed to be the man. You're supposed to know these things. You're supposed, you know, and oh, men yeah. are just sentiments. Definitely. Absolutely. We're, we're the, all of us are uh, because we feel like you're a man and my man is supposed to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but he may be he may. And here's what I had to learn. And my husband, uh, he's he, he, he's he's often said this to other men. Just because you have the male genital <laughs> or the okay. male genital uh -huh. doesn't mean that you know how to be a man. Absolutely. Because a man is more than just your, than your, the hardware or the software that you carry, right? Exactly. It's more to you and understanding that every man may not be a husband, mm -hmm. but every husband will absolutely be a man. Yes. And there's a difference in the two. And I think sometimes uh, given that grace that he doesn't know what he's doing, because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And given the grace in the relationship to learn 
what is it that is making that, that has that has cultivated or created this man that I'm looking at? He's 56 or 57 years old. What have been the things that have that have raised him that mm-hmm. I'm looking at now that I've got to be, be the be the co uh, the co-recipient or the co-partaker in helping him to become who he's supposed to be in the things of God, right? And so yes. I've got to understand this is an assignment. You said it so well. It's ministry. It's an assignment that yes. God puts upon every marriage. And what does he do? He gives each one a work plan to fulfill the assignment. And what do we sometimes do? We don't fulfill our work plan because we don't work out all the things necessary to find out what do they need to help this assignment come to part, come to, to come to fruition. And what does she need to make all this come to fruition? Because I've got to now do my work part in the relationship to bring it to a full blossom of the assignment that God has on this marriage. And so it is important. And I think oftentimes as women, um, because we, we hold men in one space, you know, you, 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 you demand, so you ought to know how to do these things. And if you yeah. love me, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't do these things. And it has nothing to do with his love or his manhood. It has everything to do with what he has not been taught how to do. So I always say, my husband says it all the time, men need mentors. Mm-hmm. Men need other men who are strong. He yes. doesn't need another man who's doing the same thing he's having struggled with. He needs a man who's done did that, came out of it, who knows how to get get through it and get to the other side and be a successful husband. Yes. Right. And so that's what men miss. Women have mentors all day long. We have good girlfriends we can call and talk to and tell them what's going on. But men don't have that. And -hmm. if they do have it, it's not from somebody who's going to say, man, you you know, you shouldn't be doing it. They're going to say, I feel you. I feel you, bro. I feel you. I got you. I know what that feels like, but they need men who can speak into their lives. And I think that's the part that that's a breakdown in, in how we see this whole idea of men and women. And because we, we function from two different places uh, overall in the relationship. So, yeah, definitely. I want to ask you something else too. Uh, When, when, when facing this situation and um, just, you know, in your work, do you think that cheaters can actually feel guilty about what they've done? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every person um, that I have uh, in my practice that I've seen who've come to me uh, with the um, infidelity in a relationship, mm-hmm. most of the time the man is very, he feels quite, he feels guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time he doesn't, he wants to correct it. He wants to get, uh, he wants to, uh, keep the relationship moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he is very, uh, most of the time, the ones I've, I've encountered have been very remorseful. However, men don't express emotion the way we do. So mm-hmm. a guilty look for us may not a guilty expression for them. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we think of guilty. You ought to be showing me something that you look, you guilty. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. right. Yeah. I, you, I need to be seeing a guilty look. Yeah. Right. I need to be seeing a remorseful look, but that's not the nature of men. Okay. Because men aren't taught as young guys to show any form of emotion. Okay. The only time we see emotion is at a football game. Mm -hmm. Only time we see emotion is if it's a a close loved one, like a mother or a father who passes away. Absolutely. But any other expression of emotion, they're not taught to even show that. So I'm not going to show, I don't even know how to show guiltiness. Okay, I messed up. I did that. I messed up. Mm -hmm. They're going to verbalize it. But we look for signs. And so because we don't see signs, then we say, you ain't guilty. You don't feel nothing. You don't don't feel a certain way when in fact, they really do. Because what men do Mm -hmm. is men process where they are and what they've done and what has to be next steps without even saying a word. Okay. We as women, we're processing and talking all the time. Absolutely. So we can talk and process at the same time. A man goes quiet to process. So we take quietness oftentimes as a sign of guilt. Yes. We take quietness as a sign of inability. Yes. We take quietness as a sign of um, in, uh, insufficiency in areas that you can't do it. So I'm going to have to step up and do it. We take quietness in, in a negative perspective. 
you, you're men, speaking my language right yeah, now. Yeah, so men yes. normally have to retreat mm-hmm. and go get what they need to figure out how I'm going to get this right mm-hmm. to then come out. So that's the reason why men, when we start asking questions about the breakdown and the infidelity, they don't like to talk about it. And we say, why don't you want to talk about it? You should want to tell me anything I want to know about it because you did it. Because men have a difficulty expressing and processing at the same time. Mm. So they need time to go away and say, this is what I did and how I did it. And I shouldn't have done it. Now, what do I tell her to make her know, understand that this wasn't about her? It took my husband and I months, and I mean months on end, before he was able to really verbalize to me what it was that caused the breakdown that well, had nothing to do with me. What were you doing for yourself during that process? Like, Well, one of those things I was, I, I, I was, and so I took a lot of counsel from my pastor. Okay. Right. My pastor said, listen, I want you all to really think about this. Cause I was ready to go. I was ready to pack my stuff and say, listen, I can handle this baby by myself. Yes. And he can go home to his mama and whatever. And I'm going to be fine. And he said to us, he said, Kim, he said, I want you to consider if you do that, what, what, what you may, what, what is God saying about it? What is his plan for this relationship? Mm-hmm. So I started to, he said to me, I want you just to pray. He said, because even if you guys don't make it, you're going to make need to make sure your heart is healed. Right? So here's where God started dealing with me. He started taking me in the mirror. Okay. So while he keeps quiet, he's not really sharing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. He's trying to function. We're trying to get back to a place. The Holy Spirit started taking me through the mirror. And he started examining me in the mirror of, of who he was. Okay. I really started taking a look at me. And I started to see, man, I was really kind of harsh with my tone with him when I'm on the road. And he'd call and want to talk to me about just general things. And I'm asking him, have you paid the bills? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm asking him, well, have you done this? And have you done that? And he said, okay, we can talk about that. Let's, I'm going to talk about this right here. And he would just get quiet if I, if I kept continuing. Mm-hmm. I, there, were, there were tones I was taking. There was body language I was having with him. I'd come home and, and he started showing me, see the body language you were giving him. He would reach for me and I would say, okay, hold on. I got to do this. Let me take care of this face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he started showing me me. And so in that process, okay. the Holy Spirit started taking me to a place of healing me mm-hmm. where I took my eyes off of my husband I took my eyes off of what the behaviors he had done and I started putting my eyes on me and saying God I need to be healed in this that even if we don't make it that I'm going to walk away healed and not wounded that I'll walk away as a whole person and not wounded to the degree I can't um, I couldn't embrace anybody else who would come in my life because this right here will peel off not only in just a marriage, but it'll peel off in all relationships that you encounter oh, yeah. because it's something about, yes, because yes. something is that hurt, it comes out, you mm. know, resentment and bitterness and anger and all those things. And I wanted to be whole. And because I was pregnant, I didn't want my emotional up upheavals and down going down up and down to be effective upon my child no the church mothers kept saying baby you gotta keep yourself together now most of the church mothers knew anything didn't know anything and that's the other thing i did not let the church folk know what was going on in my marriage why did you take that particular position with the church because um here's the thing because church people um they love you as far as they can see you i love them Mm -hmm. but you give them something and boy, you think they're going to be, you know, they're going to cover you and pray for you. They'll be the ones sometimes to put your stuff in the streets. Let's be honest, people. Let's so I had honest. to be real uh, with that. Absolutely. I had to be real with that and say, I couldn't tell everybody. So my pastor knew, mm-hmm. my first lady knew partially. And yes. I say partially because whatever he shared with her was what she knew. Right. And I had my a close friend friend to me who was mutual to both of us Mm -hmm. who did not let me bash my husband but stopped me to say okay I hear you but what did you do 
or what right. haven't you done who kept me accountable, who didn't look at my husband in a funny way, who did not look at him with the eyes of, of you are shameful and you shouldn't. She kept clean eyes with both of us. And she was married as well. So she and her husband were a, kind of an accountability couple. Mm-hmm. And so I kept church folk out of it because church folk would take your business and put it in the street. I love them. God knows I do. But but at the end of the day, I had to come. And that, that other part was I wanted to protect my husband. Because it's funny how you still decide. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was funny that you said that you wanted to protect him. Like mm-hmm. you still felt that, um, you know, and, and I, I, I had gone through something very similar. That no, mm-hmm. despite the pain and the anger and mm-hmm. all of that confusion and everything that I was experiencing at the time, mm-hmm. a part of me was still protecting him. I didn't want to mm-hmm. tell anyone what what he had done because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to change your perception of who he was or right. who he thought he was based on this incident. Mm-hmm. And I also needed to process myself right. who I was you uh-huh. know, and do that work that you were talking about where you had to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting how we still, at the end of the day, choose the position of nurturing or mm-hmm. protecting that person. Mm-hmm. And you know, that comes from um, even back in, and, and I take us back to Adam and Eve, okay. uh, when the fall happened and, and, and God spoke to Adam and he also spoke to Eve. And when he said to Eve, he said, you'll have childbirth and pain. Uh, there'll be uh, pain and childbirth and, um, for the re- remainder of your life uh, pretty much. And then he said, um, uh, he said, but your desire will be for your husband. Mm. That word desire right there means a nurturer. Mm-hmm. You will always have the idea and the concern for your husband. Yes. Yeah. And so even though he did what he did, mm-hmm. because he came and was wanting to work, right? He yes. wanted to work it out. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I take the position to protect him? That in the event, things started to get better. That mm-hmm. the eyes of the church wasn't the condemners. Right. You follow what I'm saying? I'm, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so that's the position I took. Now, some people may take another position, but I took that position because I didn't know at that time, 10, 18 years ago, that my husband and I would be in pastoral role today. And now because we're in a healed space, yes. we can share our story. See, see, when you're already wounded, you don't need nobody throwing more sugar and salt in the wound. Right. You know, you got to get healed. And so we're at a healed place. Now we can share the testimony, share what we went through. Uh, it, it, we, we've been in the fire and the fourth man showed up. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and so we can yeah. be in the fire, come out and yeah. show. Everybody don't need to see what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I, I, my pastors always say, everybody don't need to know when you're in the fire. Yeah. They just need to know that you came out the fire. Came out on the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I, you, it's so funny because you just you kind of uh, answered in a sense my next question, which is is infidelity forgivable and the mm-hmm. fact that you guys are st- you 18 years strong you know after this happened you know many years ago mm-hmm. certainly speaks to the f- that yes it is forgivable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how did you find that i mean w- aside from loving your husband and, and and wanting your family what is it that solidified that for you in terms of your forgiveness yeah, so so we we've been married total now for twenty eight years. Oh, and that God. yeah, twenty eight yeah. years. So the first ten of those years were the horrible. The last eighteen is what God has really shown me how to be His wife. Okay, how okay. to truly be the rib. Mm-hmm. But what solidified for me, I had several things. Several things. Number one, I said, uh, Lord, I don't want to grow up uh, or have my child, my unborn child, to grow up like I grew up without my natural father in the home with me. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want my, um, my unborn child to my son to um, have to deal with the stepmother, stepfather stuff that mm-hmm. goes on mm-hmm. in, in that. I, I made some decisions that I wanted to see what God wanted for this relationship. 
um, because I'm a believer that sometimes things happen that shape the very trajectory of your life and your marriage and your ministry. And all those things are coming to make you better. That just because I went through it don't mean I have to quit in it. Because if I quit in it, what was on the other side of it? I didn't know on the other side was going to be this book. I didn't know on the other side was going to be ministry for us in terms of pastors. I didn't know all those things. But the Lord began to really, as he put me in the mirror, and again, I have to go back to that part of the story. I began to put me in the mirror. He started to make me, uh, cause me to look at myself, um, to really examine the areas I saw in my my mom's marriage and Mm -hmm. things that I was seeing and things I was saying. I remember one time in particular, um, I got mad with him. We had been married but a few uh, few years and I broke out into, I mean, I full out fuss and I mean, I yelled and screamed and rolled my head, neck and arms, popping my fingers and I walked into the bathroom and the Holy Spirit, I looked at the bathroom, I was in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I didn't see my face. I saw my mother's face. Mm. And the Holy Ghost said, you act like your mother and that's how your mother handed your stepdaddy. Mm-hmm. And that's why there were certain things that you saw that you didn't like and how he would be quiet. He'd go away and he'd get in the car. And he'd leave for six months and come back for six months and going back and forth. It wasn't all her fault, but it was just the way she handled him. Right. And so Holy Ghost started showing me things that I was doing that was reciprocating that behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I began to say, Holy Spirit, I need to be healed. And I kept praying, Father, heal my heart, heal my heart. And the one thing the Lord started to share with me is about forgiveness and the power of it. Yes. And, and that there's there's. When I hold him hostage, it's like me putting the noose on my neck or the ball and chain on my leg. The forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Right. The forgiveness has everything to do with me. Yeah. And so if I was going to be free, whether we stay together or not, mm-hmm. I still had to forgive. Yes. And he began to show me he's my son just as much as you're my daughter. Mm. And if he's my son as much as you're my daughter, and I've forgiven you as my daughter. Why is it that you can't forgive him as my son? You got, you got flaws. He got flaws. He began to just show me that the, the what needed to happen in terms of just me forgiving. Then he took me to show me how Jesus forgave us before we committed one sin. He extended the forgiveness out there that in the event we did commit sin and we do commit sin and we will continue to commit some sins. Come on. We all do. Yes, we do. That the forgiveness was, is already there. Yes. We have to access it and receive it. And so the Holy Spirit started to show me how to um, extend forgiveness to my husband Mm-hmm. before the committal mm-hmm. and to really sit in what forgiveness really, really meant for me. And so it was no longer holding him hostage to what he had done. Mm-hmm. It was now releasing him from it and not holding any resentment and not holding any uh, um, uh, anger towards him concerning it and to receive him back to myself, just like Jesus did for me without holding anything over his head. Because a person can't recover if we continue to bog them down and hover over them what they just did. We always say to people, don't look at where I came from. You got to see where I'm going. What Mm -hmm. do we do in the church? We preach that. My my past is over. My future is ahead of me. Yes. But what do we do in a marriage relationship? We hold them in their past and we throw it in their face and we waddle them in it. We smush the pie in their face. Remember what you did. I know you, I forgive you, but mm-hmm. see, buts are can't be in forgiveness. Okay. You can't put but and forgive at the same time. Either I'm going to forgive you or I'm not. And forgiveness says I'm releasing it. Even though I got pain. Even though I'm hurting, even though there's some stuff down in me that I don't know if I really can, I got to rely on the Holy Spirit. And so it is really a God thing. When I look at my husband in the eye, Mm -hmm. this is a God thing. It could have never been done in my natural ability. It is a total God thing to be able to forgive like Jesus and like the Father forgives us and really walk in that. That is really what it takes. You've led with your spirituality. You've you've moved you removed yourself and you mm-hmm. allowed your spirituality to move you and right. to and God to guide you. Yes. Well, you know, and I think that's probably uh you you know, you said something uh very, very uh important about allowing the past to be the past. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you are hurting as an individual and someone has hurt you, mm-hmm. um 
you know, it's difficult. I think we all struggle with forgiveness at some level. And mm -hmm. in a marriage, when you felt that you've been wronged by your spouse, mm -hmm. you know, you constantly, it's so easy to constantly throw that, throw mm -hmm. that up. Um, but if you, but the key, I think, in, in just our discussion is number one is not blaming yourself, mm -hmm. identifying things. Mm -hmm that you may have done, that you could have done differently. Exactly. Or that allows you to see different, see mm -hmm. things differently. So mm -hmm. I, I think that that's very important to note. And then also the, the thing of, in terms of forgiveness being something that you do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Being mm -hmm. led spiritually, take, mm -hmm. take yourself out of the way because we're mm -hmm. gonna hurt regardless. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that you that's unavoidable in right. the situation. You are going to feel pain. You are going to feel hurt. Um, mm -hmm. You are going to uh, question. I know mm -hmm. in my situation when I started to identify things and I found out you know, what was going on, it appeared that those were some of the happiest times in our relationship <laughs> that mm -hmm. other activity was taking place. Mm -hmm. and, and let me also be clear too, in terms of, uh, you know, cause in some countries, uh, you know, they still, they, the infidelity is, is, is illegal, mm -hmm. um, Western mm -hmm. countries. Um, but you know, cheating and infidelity, it, it can look different for everyone. It could Absolutely. be a, an extramarital affair. Mm -hmm. It could mean, uh, you know, in my case, like communication and social mm -hmm. media and mm -hmm. things, abuse of that. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's like death. If somebody's 90 mm -hmm. or 25, it still mm -hmm. hurts same absolutely um, you know so it doesn't matter in the manner of which it occurred you know some people may not mm -hmm. think someone you know carrying on a relationship with someone over social media is mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. a form of infidelity but it is today especially is. with the level of devices and things we use today it certainly is mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> it certainly absolutely is. And, it, and it stings just as much you, you know so either way it, it is it's about those very things you mentioned you mm -hmm. know how we look at our spouse how we uh, you know, allowing them that to have that time of vulnerability, even internalizing in terms of examining ourselves. You know, I mm -hmm. said earlier how you know you were working and you were doing this and you were doing that, and you even admitted that there were times where you felt that he was trying to say something, but you're like, no, wait a minute, let's take care of business first. Did you pay the bill today? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. I found myself even in those situations. And when we use those tones and we, you know, we take those stance in those particular situations, I think that sometimes we almost take away the opportunity for them to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, without even mm -hmm. recognizing it. Uh, mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, background, family mm -hmm. dynamics play such mm -hmm. a huge role in how someone interacts. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, when you said about the going silent, you know, I always say that when people go silent, um, it's usually, it, it's a form of agreement, but, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. at that moment, he may have given up, you know, right. become silent, you know, well, you know, she's not going to listen to me anyway. Um, you know, she's too busy. She cares mm -hmm. more about that than she cares about me. And whether mm -hmm. that's right or wrong, when we're in the moment, and if someone mm -hmm. else can speak to that and mm -hmm. address that, um, that's right. as human beings, we sometimes we are naturally going to gravitate to that. Absolutely. So we, Absolutely. You know, we have to allow a space or mm -hmm. a time for, um, you know, we have to allow that space and create mm -hmm. that space within our relationship is uh, in 2018, uh, the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy did a survey and mm -hmm. they indicated that 15% of married women and 25% of married men have had extramarital affairs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it is very common. Clearly. It is. You know, it is. It's very common. So what do, what do you suggest that 
you know, when I talk about making a space in your marriage so that you can speak to each other and care for each other in that way so that these things don't happen, what, what are some suggestions that you have? Well, one, um, um, doing an autopsy of your marriage, mm. right? <laughs> um, yes. Starting with just doing an autopsy. What, what is going on in our marriage, right? Yeah. And asking questions, um, doing um, the, you know, the, the questions that see if there's some um, sickness or some infection somewhere mm. in the relationship, right? Mm. Um, because what we don't do is we don't ask those questions that are necessary. So I always say, do an autopsy of your marriage. It's okay. You know, it's a, and, and that's a form of of, of, of taking it and, and un, uh, taking it completely open and, and going through every part of it. So what, have, what is it about our communication that may be a little off for you? Mm-hmm. Do I talk to you a certain way? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or do, or do I need to speak differently? Uh, my husband told me specifically, stop telling me what I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. In my little mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You what you mean? What you, what you mean? You need to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was the word. It was the word that was offensive. Yeah. And here's how he tied it. He said, "Because my mama used to tell me what I need to do. You not my mama. Wow. So wow. that one word was mm-hmm. a trigger. Mm-hmm. One word, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to revamp." And stop, maybe not, and not say you need to, and say, honey, have you had a chance to? Or, honey, have you considered doing this? Or, honey, okay. what are your thoughts concerning this? I had to get away from that work because I didn't want him to be triggered and look at me with that side eye, like, well, who is she talking to? Right, right. Right? So, doing a, 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 an autopsy on what's going on in my marriage communication, right? Okay. Um, how are we? Um, how are we as, as it relates to just our interaction with each other? Do you like me? No, no, no. Not the question. Do you love me? Do you yes. like me as a person? Because when it's uh, important. Because at the end of the day, if I don't like you, it's hard to love you. Yes, absolutely. Don't you know? We don't ask those questions. We get married thinking mm-hmm. that they like me. That's why they married me. Marry me, no, right. not, <laughs> but not necessarily, right? Because so some days, end. some days we are not likable. I mean, let's that's exactly right. You Absolutely, it's not likable. And if you're constantly, you know, telling someone what to do, you know what? And especially an adult. Yes. You know, okay, wait a minute now. You're right. I like you right now. I don't think I like this. I don't like the way you talk to me. Absolutely. And so do you like me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What is it? um, uh, What are those things that you like to see differently in our relationship? Right. Asking those, being real honest about that, male and female. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we, are we intimate enough? Now let's break that down. Intimate doesn't mean sex. Intimate doesn't mean sex. Right. Clarifying. Right. Are we intimate enough? Uh, Do you feel close? Do you feel connected? What makes you feel disconnected? What makes you not feel close? Right. Because men say a lot of things. Uh, uh, what I hear men uh, in counseling sessions who say, I just want my wife to initiate more. Okay. We automatically go and say, well, he wants me to, 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 to jump on his bones and, and, and want him to ha- want to have sex with him all the time. That's not what he's saying. He's simply saying, I want you to want me. Yes. Yes. But what do we as women do? We don't think men want to be wanted. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Until they've encountered a woman who acts like they want him. Then now all of a sudden it becomes alive that, wow, that's really what I want from a wife. Which is why we associate it with the physical a lot. There we go. Absolutely. And wanted doesn't necessarily mean in the bedroom. It could yes. be just want to spend time with me. Just want to hang out with me. Men often say, I've heard men say this. Um, I ask my wife to participate in some activities with me. Whether it's I'm a, I play baseball or I play some activity or going to the gym with me or doing something. I ain't doing that. I'm not getting. I, that was me. I'm not sweating because I don't like to sweat. Guilty as charged. Yes. That was me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he going to the gym and that's his excitement he loves doing that where was he meeting these nice little girls that was carrying on conversation at the gym where i was at home because i didn't want to sleep exactly so i had to learn okay so how i revamped that so instead of me going to the gym because i don't want to go there because i don't like people looking at me Mm -hmm. i said how can we do things at home 
Okay. What kind of exercises can we create at home that yeah. you do this with me a couple of days out of the week? Right? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm having to find out what are those things that keep your attraction, keep your attention towards me, and keep your desire for me. Yes. Okay. And then so those, knowing that we want to be a part of absolutely. their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And I say this all the time. My husband, um, he's a I'm a I'm the football player fan. Okay. So tomorrow for Super Bowl, I'm getting excited. <laughs> You're gonna be screaming he, louder than I'm he gonna is. be screaming louder than he is. He's the basketball guy. You know, okay. we, we, we got a basketball family. He he coached uh, he's coached a lot and all that kind of thing. So 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 for me, um to sit and watch basketball and, and sports with him, that's really not a big deal because I do that. That's part of who I am. But when I step out of my comfort zone. And I start doing things that are, are additional to what he does, like the exercising and, and the other things that he enjoys. That's when he, he knows, oh, she wants to be with me. Yeah. She enjoys being around me. He feels then validated. That, he feels validated. So then that creates in him the idea of saying, well, honey, what you watching on the movie? If I'm watching a movie, I love, um, I, I'm a, uh, um, a law and order girl, SUV. I like the SUV. SUV, yes. Right. And so I'm a law and order girl. And he will come in sometimes and he'll sit down beside me. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to watch this show with you. No, I don't really like it, but I'm going to try to see if I can understand it. Just the fact he sat down beside me to try to watch it with me. And I know about 15 minutes in, his eyes are drooping. He's getting sleepy. And I say, honey, you can be this miss. Right, right. (laughs) right. I know you're grateful for that engagement and validation. So I always say to women, if you pour in what you want, Mm -hmm. you're going to reciprocate and get back what you need. You heard what I said? If you pour in what you want, you will reciprocate and get back what you need. But you got to pour first because men are very simple. Mm -hmm. If you do it and you pattern it, you behave, put it in behavior form in front of them they will start to recognize it and start saying, well, wait a minute, what's she doing? Why is she doing that? What's this about? And before you know it, they start to redo things that you once saw them doing before, but you got to pour what you want first in order to get what you need back. I like that. Pour what you want first in order to get what you need back. Wow. Dr. Manley, you dropped so many jewels in this conversation. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. No, thank you. Thank you so much. You've contributed to uh, my healing um, as well as I'm sure many of our listeners. uh, You know, it's so, you know, it's so important that we do discuss this so that healing can mm-hmm. take place and your mm-hmm. life is an example and a testimony of how we can definitely come out on the other side. So mm-hmm. I certainly appreciate your candor and your transparency. I, I want to let our listeners know about, um, I did not mention your Facebook wives only group mm-hmm. um, where uh, you, you talk to women and this is a women, you know, wives only where they could be, you know, talk and participate in, uh, you know, healthy discussions. So uh, it's a safe space. You know, um, there's, pr- you know, prayers. Women, please check it out. Can you tell us the name of the group so that, they, that we'll be able to find it? Absolutely. It's the Elite, or it's Elite Wife Mentoring Group. Okay. And they can go to Facebook and it is um, by request and approval. So they request to get in and I'll approve them to get in. Um, that is where I will be doing um, some things for, you know, all of our wives. Um, I do have a little small segment that if a single lady is um, invited in, um, that I'm doing um, something for them on the side as well. It's just to kind of prepare um, our young women for marriage. Yes. Um, yes. I wish I had been prepared for some things a little better. Yeah. Um, I probably so would have handled some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will prepare some things a little bit differently mm-hmm. um, going in, been more aware. Um, there are some things this is inevitable. You're going to experience when you get married. It's just inevitable. You have, you're going to experience, but just preparing a little bit more. So yeah, the elite, uh, the elite wife mentoring group, it's on Facebook and they are more than welcome to join that and be a part of that. Absolutely. And also Delilah's bed, uh, mm-hmm. the secrets to a man's heart. Uh, where can they find that book? They can find that book at two places. They can go to my website at www.theelitewife.com and order it there. Or they can go to Amazon and get it in. It's also in ebook form on Amazon as well. 
Oh, wonderful, wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, again, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you Absolutely. for sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. Uh, you know, you are definitely touching so many women, helping so many women in this area as well as men, uh, just just by sharing your story. Uh, as I said earlier, I just believe that you, by sharing, coming here today and sharing that you're going to touch so many people. And I've been taking notes, um, having experienced uh, infidelity. There's a lot that you know you become embarrassed and you don't talk about mm -hmm. but you really have helped put a lot of things in perspective um i could relate to a lot of what you were saying in terms of your own individual growth and development and mm -hmm. we need to have these discussions a lot more this is mm -hmm. how we save a lot of marriages as well exactly exactly i'm just thankful for the opportunity to have been a part it's such a delight to have shared with you all on tonight and i'm just um grateful um, to just uh, be a part and to share and hopefully I've said something that um, would help someone else and um, help them recover to heal and to be restored in their marriage so thank you Dee for allowing me to be on with you tonight I appreciate oh, that it's my pleasure and guys if you are you know something that Dr. Manley has said you know touches you if you have further questions um, please be sure to uh, reach out, leave messages on the message board. Let me know how you feel about this particular segment. Um, you know, you, you, you can be anonymous, leave a message on anchor.fm and, and, and talk, you know, let me know how you're feeling. Let me know how this has touched you. And if you need further information, uh, this is a topic it, like so many that I feel that we really need to discuss and so much can be done if we share. So please uh, share, and if you know someone who is going through this, who's experiencing this, share this episode with them, have them listen, I'm, I'm, you know, direct them to uh, Dr. Manley's book, Delilah's Bed, Six Secrets to a Man's Heart. Uh, I think that the more we talk and discuss, we can heal. So make sure that you join me. I am every Tuesday on Instagram Live. You can catch me for tea time with Sippin' Tea with D, where we have real discussions, real talk uh, on real topics and real issues. Everyone is welcome. That's on IG at Sippin' without the G, T with D. Um, so make sure you check me out there. And on Wednesdays is the audio podcast. Um, you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Google, or anchor.fm, or wherever you get your podcasts. But I am here for you twice a week, uh, and I love and enjoy listening to you. And, and let me know if there's some topics that I haven't covered that you would love to hear. Let me know about it. I'll certainly uh, start researching and get started. But again, Dr. Manley, I appreciate you. I thank you for coming and sharing your tea with us. Guys, uh, remember Dr. Kimberly Manley, Delilah's Bed, six, six, excuse me, Six Secrets to a Man's Heart. Have a wonderful evening, Dr. Manley. Thank you.